God's grace, his mercy, and his peace are yours from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Pardon for the, uh, the baby focus today, but when you go to a doctor and you have unborn baby, they, they tell you a percentage. They say, your baby is 80 percentile of all babies. And I'm convinced that they do that because parents have this insatiable desire to know how their kids stack up against everyone else. So they, they could tell you, your baby is four pounds, but four pounds to me, I, I can't understand that when the baby's in the womb, because is that good? Are they a healthy baby, or maybe do I need to do some more praying that they get more weight and they grow a little bit faster? You don't know, and so I think, I believe these doctors came up with this chart saying 80th percentile, so that you can compare your child to what a normal, healthy baby is. And if you're over 50%, you have a healthy baby. If you're under, eh, that doesn't stop once you have a baby. Because every time you go and do something, you're always looking around to see other kids and compare them to your child. Or if, if you know, if you're not by kids for a long time and you wonder, how is my kid doing? You don't have a frame of reference. They could be saying their ABCs when kids the same age are already saying sentences. And so, as a parent, every time you go around people, you're always collecting this data of, is that child as old as mine? If they're older, my child's doing pretty good. And it's amazing how concerned you get sometimes when you see a child only a few months older who's much more developed and has much more skills, and you think to yourself, is my child, do they have some sort of disability until you realize how quickly babies develop month to month. And it's good to have that frame of reference. Your kid is 80th percentile. Your child is developing just as normally as all the other children around you because you know iron sharpens iron. You know that if your kid, and you don't know what other kids are doing, if your kid is behind, you might not know it if you don't see others. So I'm going to challenge you today from a spiritual aspect. How do we know that we're growing? How do we compare to other people around us? Now, it's a dangerous question to ask because that's a question that gets into, well, are we more saved than other people because we believe more or we act more Christian than other people? That's, that's not the case at all. We are saved once Christ has grabbed hold of our heart and faith and we have life and we have it to the full. He gives us all of the, the blessings of salvation, the moment that faith is sparked in our hearts, but, but looking around at each other, are we growing as Christians? Are we strong compared to the other Christians around us, compared to what God would have us be? How do we figure that out? How do we know? Today in Jeremiah... God tells us. And he does it through a botany lesson. 
He has two trees. He talks about one, a a bush, and, and the other a tree. And he says, here is what your faith is like. Here's what people's souls are like. One is like a tree that is a bush that is in the middle of a wilderness who there's no water around them. And in fact, they're in this salty area, this place that draws water out of their roots. And you know what happens when that happens. That bush, that plant dies. Because... It's more than just the leaves on the bush that you're caring for. You need to care for the roots that pull in the nutrition and the nutrients, and they need something that is so vital to life that even scientists say this. This is the the one vital thing we have for all life. It's water. I just started watching a documentary called One Strange Rock. Has anyone seen that yet? If if you watch it, just, just a note, it's about evolution. But when you watch it, even though they promote evolution, it convinces you more that there's a God. Because they talk about how amazing it is that this one planet, so close to the sun, that we should be burned up, that, that we should just disintegrate and all the water evaporate and be, nothing be here, how there's still water here and how it's still feeds and waters, plants and life, and sustains it all. This one element is so vital. You can't do without it. And we get the lesson. We get this botany lesson from God that those people who are separate from water are going to die and shrivel up, and those people who are consuming water are going to be the ones that have wonderful leaves and producing fruit, and it's all great. So who in their right mind would be in the desert? And where do we get this water? Listen to what Jeremiah says. Starting at verse 5. It says, This is what the Lord says. Cursed is the one who trusts in man, who depends on flesh for his strength, whose heart turns away from the Lord. He will be like a bush in the wasteland. He will not see prosperity when it comes. He will dwell in the parched places of the desert, in the salt where no one lives. We get this lesson because it's so simple. And we could get it because we, we look back to the beginning of creation. When this actually happened, when man stopped trusting in the Lord. And if you go back to Eden, you know it was a wonderful place. The, the ecosystem there was perfect. Everything functioned just right. There was waters coming down uh, from under the, the, the ground to water, all the gardens and all the plants and all Adam and Eve had to do was go around and pick the fruit and tend to the plants and they had this perfect system. It was wonderful. It was rich. I, I, by today's standards, if we look back at Eden, we might call our world a desert. So how do we get in the desert? Well, there's this one tree that was there. It had fruit on it. 
But that tree was more than just about the fruit and the leaves. It had roots that was going deep, and it went actually deeper than just the soil that was there. It had spiritual implications for Adam and Eve, and they saw those spiritual implications that they want to know good and evil, just like God knew good and evil. And so they took that fruit, and they ate it, and it poisoned them, and it cut off their own roots. A plant with no roots doesn't do very well at all. And so Adam and Eve died. They trusted in man. Man's strength. And it led them away from paradise. Led them away from a place they had absolutely everything they could ever want. Because they trusted themselves. Our life is more than just what we see. For trees, you can see the leaves, the fruit, the the trunk. But there's so much more to that tree that you don't see. Right? So often we we try to keep those leaves green in our life to, to make sure life is going well. We, we try to make sure we're happy, our family is, is uh, well-fed and comfortable. We, we look for all these things. We want to make sure our children get the best possible life that they can. We care for those leaves. But there's one thing we so often forget is about this, this undersurface root system that we have that is very much our spiritual life. Something that we don't see at all, but is so vital for our vibrance as Christians and as people. Because when God created Adam and Eve, he created them intending that they have eternal life in this wonderful garden. And he wants that too for you and me. But so often we forget this root system below and we don't water ourselves. And we find ourselves in this desert dry. And you know what we try to do? We try to paint our leaves. To spray some green our leaves to make them look green. We try to find man-made solutions and our our man-made strength to fix everything. And we're ignoring the whole problem below. It's like the times when you work really hard during the week. And you're feeling burnout. Our man-made solution is to get some R&R, which is good. To sit in front of the TV and zone out. To do nothing at all. But if that's all we do, we're only spray painting our leaves. Maybe what, what bugs you is success. That if you don't have success and you aren't winning, then life isn't good at all. And so you work so hard and long hours, and that's what allows you to lay down your head on your pillow and fall asleep, that that you've been working so hard and putting everything into it, but that's all we rely on. It's only spray painting our leaves. Our kids. We want our kids to be great, don't we? We don't want them to be that 20th percentile or that one percentile that they're, they're, 
they're, they're slower than everyone else. We want them to be the 100%, the best kid, and so we take them from sports to school to social activities, and we, we keep them engaged, pushing them, pushing them, so they become great. But if that's all we do, we're only spray-painting the leaves green. Don't forget about the roots. If you plant yourself in places and in things that are temporary, like our success, or our skills, or, 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 or sports, or academics, that, that one day will be taken all from us, you can be, expect to find yourself in a desert. But God doesn't leave us there. Instead, he sent his son to come. and Not just to come and die and fertilize the ground like every single one of us will do one day and every single human being has done since the beginning of time. He came to essentially uproot us. Because we are so rooted in our sin and in the world, we are so rooted in, in the concerns of, of life here. He pulls us out of Satan's grasp. He takes us and he replants us and he puts us by a stream of living water. And you see how significant that is. That even says when the heat comes, when drought comes, it does not matter because there is water there that you're drawing from. And as hot as it gets, as horrible as life and as stressful as life gets, you have this water that is there that feeds and nourishes you and strengthens you. And he says, this is what gives you life and gives it to you full. This is what Christ has done in dying on the cross. He's planted us in an oasis where (laughs) suddenly we can look at our life and everything in it and we see the eternal aspect of it that no matter how hard it gets, Christ is there and he has promised eternal salvation, eternal paradise, a place maybe where rivers come from below the surface and water the plants and we walk around picking all of its fruit. He gives us life when we do have stressful days and we are almost at burnout. And he reminds us that as you serve, you're not serving just for a a physical end. You're serving me, your God, for eternal reward. Your success that you have, that it's great that you have it in this world, but that's not your, your goal to be so successful in this world that you forget about your Lord and trust in yourself. The success that I have given you is that even in hard times, and look into the Gospel of Luke, even when you are hungry, even when you are crying, even when you have nothing at all, you can still call yourself blessed. Living water. 
that even your children, you can take them from sports to school to social hour. But that one day will change. And you don't want them in the desert. When you water their roots, you give them something much more valuable and eternal. You give them a God. A a God who encourages us to see him as a, a, a heavenly father who loves his children. And he wants us to have confidence and, and uh, to go and, and pray to him as a, a dear child prays to his dear father or ask his dear father. That no matter how hard it gets in their life, there their father is with them. They can ask anything in his name and it will be given to them. There is the water. Where? Or how do we judge ourselves? How strong do we see ourselves? Here's how we know. By the water we consume. And God gives us these pools of water all over. And worship. It says, grow into Worship. Make this your source where you, you suck up the nutrition of, of, of the, the word that grows your faith. Stop simply growing towards the success of this world or the solutions of this world. Find opportunities. Here's another one. Bible class, Sunday mornings. Grow into that. And you know what? You're going to find your leaves more luscious and green than before. Opportunities to sit down with other Christians and talk about your faith. Talk about your struggles and your sins. Grow into that, he says. I'll give you life and give it to the full. That you will never find yourselves in a drought. Even when you're hungry. Even when you're crying. Because you have these roots that you don't see that are eternal. That I nourish with my word. We want to compare ourselves to others. We want to see how we grow. This is how God says it. Like a tree planted by water. Find the source of that water and consume it. Drink it in and keep growing into it. And God says, you know what? I'm going to bless you in ways you can't even imagine. That when you have nothing at all, you still can say, I'm blessed. We get the lesson. We do. Now let's live the lesson. Let's find these opportunities to grow. And then you can look around and you can say, by the grace of God, I'm strong. Because it does not rely on my own efforts and my own work to, to heal these leaves of mine, to paint them over. It relies on Christ and his word. This is one thing I've noticed as I've gardened. You start focusing on the soil. You see spots in the leaves? You don't just treat the leaves. It's probably lacking nutrition in the soil. 
If it's wilting, it's probably lacking water. So as you see these signs in your life where you're struggling, where you're having problems, where you see the, the, the wilting in your life, so often we're, we're tempted to, to deal with it on a, a visual surface level. Christ says, start with the roots. Start by filling yourself up with Christ and his mercy and his grace. And you know what happens? The leaves turn green again. And you actually start producing fruit. God has given us everything we need not only to grow but to thrive as Christians. He's done so in his word. Amen. Amen. Please stand. We continue by confessing our faith with the words of the Apostles' Creed, printed for you on page 7 in your bulletin. We confess. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. (laughs) He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen.